Welcome to Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast. My name's Paul Martin. I used to be a Presbyterian, then Pentecostal preacher. After studying the Bible and church history afresh, I converted to Catholicism in December 2017. I'm talking today about baptism and infant baptism and what the Catholic position is on this doctrine. Many Protestants are shocked to find that baptism saves you. Only a handful of Protestants believe that it saves you. Some Baptists do, a small minority, and Lutherans believe this, and Catholics do. Catholics have taught it for 2,000 years. There was infant baptism in the early church from the very start and the first people who started to reject infant baptism were the Anabaptists who did not exist until the 1520s. So it's a rather novel idea that came one and a half millenniums after the time of Christ. Baptists, Pentecostals and many other evangelical Christians believe that baptism should be by full immersion and it should only be for adults or children who are old enough to understand the faith. On the other hand, the Catholic Church, the Orthodox, the Lutherans, the Presbyterians and the Methodists and many other denominations have always practiced infant baptism. Should a Christian couple baptize their baby? Well, you might say, does the baby have any say in being baptized? The answer is no. But there again, does the baby have any say in not being baptized? The first thing I want to emphasize is that baptism saves you. And here's what the Bible says. Mark chapter 16 verse 16 says, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And the last 12 verses of Mark's Gospel, the Catholic Church teaches that they are canonical. They are scripture. However, they were not written by Mark. They were added to the end of Mark's Gospel. But they're a faithful replication of the traditions of the early church. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 says, Repent and be baptised and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptised every one of you for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for this promise is to you and your children. So baptism is commanded to those who are not believers and for their children. They, those who become believers, they do it to their children as well. And there's no point in mentioning their children. It's redundant if there was no infant baptism. Acts chapter 22 verse 16 says, Get up and be baptised and have your sins washed away by calling upon his name. 
John chapter 3 verse 5 Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, one cannot enter the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 All of you through baptism in Christ have put on Christ. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 He gave us rebirth in baptism and renewed us by the Holy Spirit. And 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 20 to 21 says Noah was building the ark in which a small group of eight persons were saved through water. That was a symbol of baptism which now saves you. So, does baptism mean by full immersion? And the Greek word baptizo has multiple meanings. It can mean full immersion or pouring or sprinkling. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 says that the flood in Noah's day was a symbol of baptism which now saves you. Now here's the interesting thing. The ark was not immersed. It wasn't a submarine. It was an ark. It was a ship. But it was sprinkled with rain. And it was partly in water, up to its proverbial knees, I suppose. And those who were immersed were actually the wicked people who were killed during the flood. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 says, Let me remind you, brothers, of our ancestors. All of them were under the cloud and all crossed the sea. They all underwent the baptism of the cloud and of the sea to be the people of Moses. So the Israelites were not immersed. Again, it was the pagan Egyptian soldiers trying to enslave the Israelites that were immersed and drowned. But they were sprinkled in a cloud, which would have been wet, and they passed through the Red Sea dry. And here again, baptizo is used. So it doesn't mean full immersion or dunking in water. And sprinkling is actually the method that is foretold in the Old Testament, where it foretells the coming of the new covenant. Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 24 to 27 For I will gather you from all the nations and bring you back to your own land. Then I shall pour, or sprinkle, pure water over you and you shall be made clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I shall give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I shall remove the heart of stone from within you and give you a heart of flesh. I shall put my spirit within you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And this is the same sort of language used in Jeremiah chapter 31 where it foretells the coming of the new covenant. 
So the biblical reference to baptism does not seem to support full immersion. It seems to support pouring or sprinkling. And at the end of Matthew's Gospel, it was to be done in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But did the early Christians baptise babies without their consent? Well, first of all, there's nowhere in Scripture that says, baptise your babies. And there is also nowhere in Scripture that says, only baptise adults who profess the faith. Instead it says, Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For to you is the promise, and to your children. And the word used here is technois in the Greek. It's used for children here. It's a synonym, synonym for tekna, which is used for infants in Acts chapter 21, verse 21, which says, telling them not to circumcise their children, tekna. Now, circumcision was done at infancy for boys. So this word here is referring to infants. In Acts chapter 16, verses 33 to 34, the jailer and his whole household were baptised. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16 says, I baptised the household of Stephanus. The other thing is that baptism is the sign of the new covenant. The sign of the old covenant was circumcision. And circumcision, of course, was only done to males, but it was nevertheless the sign of the old covenant. So baby boys were circumcised on the eighth day because their flesh was very tender on the first day. Circumcision was the sign of the covenant given to Abraham. Genesis chapter 17 verses 10 and 11 says, Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and that will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. And it was done to newborn baby boys eight days old. Leviticus chapter 12 verses 2 and 3. Now baptism is the sign is the new circumcision and has replaced it as the sign of the new covenant colossians chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 says in christ jesus you were circumcised not with the circumcision made by human hands but with the circumcision done by christ which consists of being set free from the dominion of this sinful self i refer to baptism you were buried with Christ at baptism, and you also were raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And there it says very clearly and unambiguously that circumcision, which was done on baby boys, was replaced with baptism, which was done to males and females, whoever came to faith in Christ, 
and whoever was being raised in that faith community. So in the Old Testament, they didn't consent baby boys if they wanted to be circumcised. They simply did it because it was done for whoever converted to the God of Israel and their sons who were being raised in that faith community. So circumcision was for Old Testament men and their sons who would be raised in the faith. Baptism is for all Christians and their children raised in the faith. And what is God's attitude? Does God say, no, I don't care about bringing them in until they're old enough to decide? Well, in Luke chapter 18, verses 15 and 16, Jesus called the children to him. Let the little children come to me and don't hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to ones like these. Finally, what did the early church do? Irenaeus, in 189 AD, in his book Against Heresies, volume 2, chapter 22, verse 4, says, All I say who come to him are born again to God, infants and children and boys and youths and old men. Hippolytus, in 215 AD, in his book Apostolic Tradition 21, and this is apostolic tradition, traditions they had from the apostles, the children shall be baptised first. All the children who can answer for themselves, let them answer. If there are any children who cannot answer for themselves, let their parents answer for them. That means ones that are too young to speak on make a decision, infants. Oregon, in 249 AD, in his homilies on Leviticus, chapter 8, verse 3, says, In the church, baptism is given for the remission of sins, and according to the usage of the church, baptism is given even to infants. And around roughly the same time, we have Cyprian in 253 AD in his letters 58, chapter 58, verses 2 and 5. There was debate in the early church whether to baptize infants on the second or third day or on the eighth day like circumcision. Now here's the fascinating thing. There was no controversy over whether or not to baptise infants in the early church. The only controversy was whether or not to do it at two or three days old or eight days old. And in 408 AD we have Augustine. In his book, Literal Interpretation of Genesis, chapter 10, verse 23, writes, The custom of the mother church in baptising infants is certainly not to be scorned. And the Council of Carthage in 401 AD, in Canon 7, affirms infant baptism. So there is no evidence 
for believers only being baptized instead we have overwhelming evidence that it was done for believers and their young children and infants and it was part of the church tradition there was no such sect that taught baptism for believers only until the Anabaptists came along in the 1520s. Now some Baptist historians or pseudo-historians have made lies about history and they've tried to claim that all these different Gnostic sects such as the Albigensians and the Bogomals were in fact Baptists. But history and records show that these cults the Paulicians, the Bogomals and the Albigensians did not even practice baptism at all. They were a Gnostic sect that rejected most of the Old Testament as scripture. They've cited individuals like Peter de Bruce and he was an heretical man even by Baptist standards because he rejected most of the Bible as scripture and he rejected infant baptism. And I think he lived in the 1120s. So yes, there have been individuals who rejected infant baptism. But they also rejected most of what Baptists believe as well. Friends, there is no historical Baptist church of those who rejected it. That is, Protestant until 500 years ago. The true historical position is that baptism saves you and baptism ought to be done for infants. God bless you. Thank you for listening.